today we're going to be taking time to talk about the good news that no one is reporting. I don't know about you, but if you turn the news on these days, um, there's a lot of crazy stuff going on. I don't care what your flavor is, what, what news reel that you, that you subscribe to, I don't care what social media platform you're on, there's a lot of nutty stuff going on in our country and in our world. And if you allow yourself to get too deep in it, it will very rapidly steal your joy. There, this, this first week of a new presidency and administration has been, been a, a little bit interesting to watch. There continues to be controversial decisions that are being made at the government level. The news networks don't seem to have anything good to report to us. I think we saw one little fun video on one news, news station where there was a dog that was, you know, jumping through this really deep snow and all you could see was the ears. And we were like, oh, something fun to take our, you know, it's like we have to drive ourselves to the, you know, watching the cats play with yarn or, you know, chasing the, you know, the little pin lights. We have to go look for good news. You know, we can't continue to place our hopes in the hands of fallible and fickle government officials. That's where your trust is. I'm sorry, you're going to be let down. I found a quote the other day, uh, and it's an old quote, but I think it's relevant today. Um, it's by the comedian Jay Leno. He said, according to a Washington Post poll, 84% of Americans do not approve of the way Congress is doing its job. 16% weren't even aware Congress is doing a job. I don't know about you, but maybe you, maybe you, you wholeheartedly agree with that. And maybe you kind of go, I, I don't know quite what the government is doing because it doesn't seem like they have my best interests in mind. And we can get wrapped up in all of those things. We can find ourselves getting hopeless over time. But people find themselves in different places with what's going on in our country and in our world. And no matter if you find yourself happy about where we're at or where we're going or disappointed, Maybe you, you saw the election results and you immediately were excited and, 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 and enthusiastic about a new direction in our country, or maybe just frankly you're fearful and you're just saying, man, this is going a direction that doesn't seem like it can be redeemable. Perhaps maybe you are concerned about COVID and the mandates and the things that are going on, and, 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 and maybe you're in that place where you have a compromised immunity uh, immune system, or you're in a place of vulnerability medically, and you're worried and you're concerned, and there's a lot to be concerned about. You know, I'm thankful this morning for a God who promises to be with us in the midst of everything we face. He promises to be with us. Our text for today is found in Psalm chapter 6, I'm sorry, Psalm chapter 46. And if you want to flip there with me, you can. If you are following along on a mobile device, uh, you can tune into the YouVersion Bible app, and you should be able to search Neighborhood Church and find our live event. And you'll be able to uh, look over the scriptures and the, the pertinent points for today. But Psalm chapter 46 says, "Our God is our refuge and strength, an ever-present help in trouble. Therefore we will not fear, though the earth give way and the mountains fall into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, and the mountains quake with their surging. There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God. The holy place where the Most High dwells. God is within her. She will not fall. God will help her at break of day. Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. 
He lifts his voice, the earth melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see the works of the Lord. The desolations he has brought on the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the shields with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Father God, we make that declaration today that we declare you are good, that we exalt you above all the chaos and the confusion of this world. And we thank you, God, that you are the immovable. You are the unchangeable. We thank you, God, that we can place our trust in you today. I pray that you would challenge us with your word, that you would encourage us to understand what you're doing in the midst of all of this and what you've called us to do as followers of Christ. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the way it will speak to us today. We ask for your Holy Spirit's guidance and presence and your blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, I've talked to many people about where our country is, and it's, it's a bit of a mixed bag. You know, I think, I, I think if you're a conservative, you, you feel one way. If you're a liberal, you feel another way. If, you, if you're one of those amazing independents who's just right in the middle, you know, I, don't get, I don't get knocked off kilter at all. I'm, 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 I am who I am. But I've got friends who are discouraged and disappointed and devastated with where we're at and the things that are happening. I have other friends who are excited and ecstatic and enthusiastic about this new direction and new leadership. Little secret, I have friends who are liberals. I know it probably should search my heart. But no matter what you, what you think is, is right or wrong, right now what we need more of is not this perspective or that perspective or this party or that part. We need more of God's perspective. We need more of the voice of God to be spoken over our country. And if we look at Psalm 46, the context of this passage of Scripture is interesting. Because if you study the time in which these verses were written, it was a very contentious time in the nation of Israel's history. It was a very volatile time. It's generally believed that this psalm was written somewhere in the neighborhood of 700 or 701 B.C. And in that time, the nation of Israel was, was very much under attack. They were being threatened by the Assyrian army, the Assyrian Empire, which was one of the greatest and most dominant empires of that time. And if you spend any time reading about or studying the Assyrian Empire, it was a brutal, brutal empire, ruled by a wicked king. And the Assyrian army was one of the most feared and ruthless military forces in that day. They were very efficient at what they did. They were efficient at killing, and they were very brutal. And if you read about this, their goal was not to just win a battle, but it was to devastate and humiliate their enemies. They literally wanted to break the spirit of the people who opposed them. They wanted to psychologically terrorize their enemies. Does this sound at all familiar? One of the things they employed to, to do such 
thing was they created these stone tablets. If you, if you Google this, it's, it's, it's really very disturbing. They'd create these stone tablets and they'd, and they'd put these carvings on them of what they would do to their survivors. They would torture them. They would impale them. They would cut off parts of their body, their ears and their nose and their fingers, and they would adorn them onto jewelry. They would wear them. It was horrible, horrible stuff. And in a time of utter turmoil and hopelessness for the nation of Israel as they were being opposed by this force, the Spirit of God offered hope. And in a time of political unrest, isolation for many, the only certainty that we can hold on to is that we'll face uncertainty. In, in a time like this, I've got good news. The Spirit of God offers us the same hope that he offered the people of Israel 2,700 years ago. That promise is still there. And today there's two areas in which we can find hope and strength. The first is this. God is exactly what you need, exactly when you need him. God is exactly what you need, exactly when you need him. And here's the key. He's so much more than that too. Psalm 46 in verse 1 says, God is our refuge and strength an ever-present help in trouble. That should cause us to be hopeful. That should, that should cause us to find encouragement and strength. Because if we can focus on God's promise in this verse, there's some amazing things to be discovered. Always ready to help in times of trouble. Ever-present help. As I studied that phrase, there's two Hebrew words that are represented in this singular thought. Nimsa meod. Nimsa meod. Nimsa, which means to be discovered, encountered, or experienced. It's that ever-present help. You know, life discoveries are, are, are amazing. I love those, those times in our lives where we discover something new or we're you know, something, you know, something is, it becomes illuminated in our hearts or minds. And, and there's been quite a few life discoveries for me. Um, you know, when I was young, there was several life discoveries in the span of a week. I figured out you don't put nails into um, outlets because uh, they're electrically charged and that will actually shoot you across the room. I discovered that uh, baby shampoo is not the best way to hydrate yourself. Um, and so consuming that is not probably in your best interest. And I also, um, uh, as I shared before, um, figured out that enchilada sauce, when it's boiling on the stovetop, is actually very hot and will uh, burn and scar you. And so, you know, life discoveries can be really helpful. You know, learn what not to do. But there's also great life discoveries. And Gretchen and I had the privilege to travel up to Canada a number of years ago. And we, I had only been to British Columbia. I had spent some time in Vancouver and Victoria and, and loved that part of Canada. Uh, but I'd never really experienced uh, other parts of Canada. And, and Gretchen and I had the privilege to go up to Toronto uh, a few years back. 
And the cool part was Gretchen had to go up for work, and so she went ahead, and I came up about a week later, and she had like the whole town, you know, or city, I guess it's a city, it's definitely a city. She had the whole city all mapped out, and, and so I got there, she's like, we gotta go here, and we gotta go check this out, and I want you to check this restaurant out, and we gotta go to Tim Hortons and get coffee and donuts, this is amazing. I was like, sweet, I need to send you ahead more often when we travel. Because you can get everything all scoped out and figured out, and then we'll come in, and it'll be great. But we spent some time in Toronto. had a wonderful time. It's a, it's a fascinating city. It's like this just massive international hub of, of different cultures and different ethnicities. It was, it was amazing to see. But we also had the opportunity to go and check out Niagara Falls. So we took a little day trip down to Niagara Falls, and it was amazing. I mean, I've been to a lot of places, um, but Silver Creek Falls has got nothing on Niagara Falls. It was amazing to see this, this place where water was just coming in from every direction and spilling into this, this basin. And it was, it, was, it was overwhelming, and it was all-consuming, and you just you sit there and you go, man, God, your creation is amazing. And it was one of those discovery moments that was very moving, and we really enjoyed our experience there. So there's those, those, those big important discovery moments and those times where you maybe come closer to God's creation than you ever have before. And then there's those, those more simple discoveries, but, but equally important. You know, discoveries like, you know, peanut butter is amazing on pancakes. I mean, it is. Yeah, I, got, I have one person in the back going, yes. If, if you haven't tried this, that I'm, I'm really, I'm a little bit distraught and I might just stop preaching right now, that nobody knows that peanut butter is amazing on pancakes. I, l- I learned this as a young child. Peanut butter, a little syrup on top. Now, Mark Timberlake and I had a little bit of a, a little bit of point of, point of, of civil, civil disagreement and, uh, you know, he is led to believe, and I think it's the enemy of his soul, um, you know, that's, that's speaking to his heart, that creamy peanut butter is what you should put on your, on your pancakes. And, and everybody who is not a communist knows that's not the case. It's crunchy peanut butter. You need to, you put that on, and then you, it's my free gift to you. It's my spiritual gift. There you go. But there's those moments where you find something new and, and, and exciting. I remember when Gretchen and I were first getting to know one another, and uh, we were spending more and more time together, and I had the opportunity to go home to meet her family in Susanville. And we went, went to her house, and her parents were there, and I think her grandparents were there. It was this wonderful time, and I'm nervous as I'll get out because I'm meeting her, meeting her parents for the first time. And I remember showing up, and I'm, I'm, i got to impress them. This has got to be good. And we get ready to sit down for, for dinner. And let me just preface by saying I'm kind of a visual eater, Okay. I'm a texture guy. If I don't know what's in it, if I can't tell what's in it, I'm not going to put it in my mouth. That's me. Okay, you can call me picky if you want to. That's fine. I won't be offended. But I'm kind of a visual eater, and so we get, we get ready to sit down for dinner, and I'm excited, and, and, and they roll out this big old vat of who knows what. And they call it biscuits and gravy, and I'm like, I don't know what this is, but it looks like somebody... And I was just like, this is not going to go well. Like, I don't have any choice. I have to eat this. Yeah, I have to impress the family. It would be, it would be really offensive. 
And I'm sorry to admit, I had never had biscuits and gravy. At the tender age of 20 years old, I had never had biscuits and gravy. You can blame my parents. I'm pretty sure they deprived me, and that's probably why I'm as screwed up as I am. But I remember the moment when I took a, a scoopful of, of, of biscuit with you know, gravy all over it, and I was just kind of like, oh, Jesus, protect me. And it passed my lips and went into my mouth, and I went into a euphoric state of, what in the world have I missed for the last 20 years? This is amazing. And there was a discovery that biscuits and gravy are awesome. And we find ourselves in those places and moments of our lives where we discover something new and discover something for the first time. And that's what we're talking about here. The discovery, the encounter, the experience of a God who desires to be closer than a brother, who desires to meet us in our time of need. So Nimsa represents that ever-present aspect of who God is. Mayod ex- is defined as exceedingly abundant, exceedingly much, or lots and lots and lots. And so when you put those two words together, what you will see is that in times of trouble, God overflows with his exceedingly abundant provision, protection, power, and peace for your situation. I don't know about you, but unless you don't have a pulse, that should be good news. In times of trouble, God overflows with his exceedingly abundant provision, protection, power, and peace. Man, I feel like I can face anything with that. So what does that mean for us today? We don't live in Jerusalem. We're not under attack by the Assyrian army. They're not going to be lopping off parts of our bodies and adorning themselves and going to weird fundraisers with our ears hanging around their necks. But I would venture a guess that you're feeling maybe a little bit under attack. Maybe for you it's feeling consumed by anxiety and worry of what's next and what, what's the next mandate going to look like and what's the next doctor's report going to say. Maybe you're terrified of the world that, that your kids are going to grow up in. I remember a day and age where it was like the only thing we were worried about at school is you probably shouldn't put bubble gum underneath the desk because kind of that's kind of messed up. Somebody's going to you know, get under there and get it on their jeans. That was kind of, you know, don't run in the halls. Okay, sorry. And now we find ourselves in a, in a day and age where you know, our, our kids are being exposed to things online. Our kids are on devices. Our, our kids are, are surrounded by forces and agendas that are outside of what God would desire for them. We're, we're, our kindergartners are, are having comprehensive sex education thrust into their faces in kindergarten. And maybe you're in that place where you're just saying, God, I don't know what's going on, but I don't, I don't like this. I don't want my kids to grow up in this. Maybe you're dealing with the global pandemic. You don't feel safe. Health-wise, you're concerned. Maybe you've been directly impacted in your workplace or your job, and, and that, that security that you used to have in your job is now just in question every day. Perhaps your marriage has not responded well to isolation, and it's in a fragile place feeling like it's about to break. Or maybe your faith in God just feels weak. 
or perhaps even non-existent. You're in that place of struggling. I got good news. God is exactly what you need when you need him most. He's exactly what you need. He's the only thing you need. So we've got to understand that when we need him, all we have to do is ask. The second thing is this. God is big enough to oversee the whole world and loving enough to care about you. Can you imagine that? The God of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth and you and me, he's big enough to oversee everything that's going on in the world. He's not surprised by any of it, by the way. But he's loving enough to care for you and me and our desires and our worries and our concerns and our thoughts and our dreams. He loves us that much. Psalm 46, verse 6 says, Nations are in uproar. Kingdoms fall. He lifts his voice and the earth trembles, melts. The Lord Almighty is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and see what the Lord has done. The desolations he has brought on the earth. So who is God? Here's the good news. If you're anxious, he's your peace. If you're hurting, he's your comforter. If you're lacking, he is your provider. If you've messed up so much in life that you think you are irredeemable, he is your righteousness. God is your strength when you're weak. He's your hope when you're hopeless. He's the light when the world is in its most darkest place. He's the one we can turn to. When you're in trouble, God is your shield, your fortress, your rock, your defender. And that should be our daily declaration. God, you are my shield, my fortress, my rock, my defender. I don't care what I face today, you got me. And yet too often we allow ourselves to get distracted by all the things that are coming at us. There's a part that we have to play in this equation. The reality is it's not, just, it's, it's not enough that God is all these things if we don't engage and embrace the fact that he's those things for us, for me. So there's a part that we have to play in the equation. And admittedly, I'm not a math guy. Equations are hard. Just saying. Why would you substitute numbers with letters? Doesn't make sense. Thank you for that. Psalm 46.10 says this. He says, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Be still and know that I am God. You know, there's some who naturally navigate to this posture of stillness and quiet. And, and then there's others who don't. Gretchen is great at being still and enjoys that homebody experience and that me time and that kind of recuperation. Man, that is not me. <laughs> I'm just saying. We've struggled to find that balance. I, I'm, 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 a, I'm a FOMO guy to the fullest. Man, I'm fearing that I'm going to miss out on something. There's got to be something going on. We should probably go over here and do something. And, and why are we just sitting here? You want to take a nap? We sh- there's a movie we should probably be watching or at least a show that we should be binging. There's things to do and you want to take a nap? I always feel like I'm missing out. 
And in essence, it's because I can't be in control. And it's funny because when it comes, push comes to shove, you know, we'll go out to, you know, when we could go out to eat, you know, where do you want to go eat? Oh, I don't care. Yeah. Well, what about Mexican food? Yeah, I don't want to do Mexican food. Well, what about pizza? Ah, I don't want to do pizza. I pizza yesterday. You know, it said, uh, you know, well, I don't, I don't care, but I do. But I don't, but I do. You pick, but I want to help pick. Yeah. We want to be in control. Notice the verse does not say, stay consumed, stay worried, stay freaked out, stay angry. It says, be still. And yet all these things are coming at us and wanting our time and wanting our attention, wanting our focus. And God says, be still. The Hebrew word for, for this phrase, be still, is Rafa. It means to be quiet, to relax, to give yourself margin or space. When was the last time you were able to quiet yourself? When was the last time you were able to relax? And I'm not talking just about physical relaxation. I'm talking about just allowing your head and your heart a break. When was the last time you found margin in your life? Or maybe you've had too much and it's been filled with all kinds of other stuff. You've got to give yourself a break from the crazy. You've got to be able to pull back from the chaos because God is big enough to oversee the world and loving enough to care about you and the things that are most important to you. He's that great. Be still and know he is God. Not by reading, not by hearing, like, you know, oh, I just read it in here, and okay, he's God. Woo! You've got to experience that he is God. You've got to know that he is God. It's not by reading it or studying it. It's by allowing God into your world, into your story, into your chaos, into your frustration, into all the things that you are struggling through and allowing him to be God of all those things. That's what being still and knowing he is God looks like. Remember what God did to restore the nation of Israel. They're being oppressed on every angle. They're being attacked. They're, they're, they're on the verge of being wiped out by a wicked king and a wicked empire. The Assyrians had their, their attack planned down to a T. And the king of Jerusalem, Hezekiah, follows the Lord's direction, prays and asks and seeks for guidance. God says, trust me, I got a plan. And God shows up in his infinite wisdom and strength, and he sends one angel, one. And that one angel takes out an entire army, 185,000 troops, wiped out by one angel. He didn't send a host of angels. He didn't send a bunch of angels who were all jacked and had like flaming swords, and they're like, let's do this thing. Spec ops angels, we're going to... We're wiping them out. No, one angel. He wipes out this army. God didn't need a host of angels. He just needed one. So what do you need? What do you need right now? 
It may just be one healing touch. It may be one encouraging word that you need to lift you out of that place of frustration and depression. It may be just one door to open for an opportunity to present itself that God would allow you to step into. So what do you need? Would you pray with me this morning? God, we thank you that no matter what we're facing, no matter where we're at, no matter what is coming at us, no matter what the world says, you are God. And we just need you to say one word. Jesus is on the boat and he's sleeping and all the disciples are flying around like crazy and they're, they're losing their minds. And what does Jesus step out onto the boat and say, peace, be still. Everything's calm. God, I pray that you would give us that confidence, that understanding that you got us, that no matter what we're facing, no matter what, what it looks like, you got us. And even, Lord, when the, the world is showing us something else, I pray that you'd have, give us the strength to know that you're in control and that we would declare that. We need that courage today, Father. So, church, what do you need? You need to slow down. You need to silence the noise of the world. You need to quiet your soul. You know, one of the things that I've known to be true for most of my life is God is not a God who shouts. He, st- he speaks in a still, small voice. And if we can't quiet our souls and our minds and the chaos of the things going on around us long enough to hear that still, small voice, we're going to miss it. So he's calling us to slow down. He's calling us to silence the noise. He's calling us to quiet our souls and be open to what he'd want to say. Let, be, let God be exactly what you need in this moment because he's so much more and he has so much greater. Be still and know, not wonder, not hope, Not wish upon a star, God, if you can. Be still and know that he alone is God and that he's got you. This morning, our prayer teams are available to you. They're standing in the worship center, and if you have a a prayer need or a challenge or an impossible situation in your life that you're facing, you need a a touch from God and and you're... your body or in your heart. You want to lift somebody in prayer. They're here to pray with you. They're here to believe for breakthrough, for what God would desire to do. As we engage this time, this season, what do you need? Today, God, we open our hands and we open our hearts, understanding that it's not until we relinquish control and we surrender that you can step in and do the impossible. So help us to to know and to remember and to be reminded that you are God.
And you very succinctly put what that process looks like. Be still and know. Father, we ask that you would help us this morning. And we thank you that we can declare and proclaim, even when things don't look like it, that you are good and that you are God. We ask for your strength and your courage today to do those things. And today, if there's someone in this place or you're tuning in online and you've not made the decision to step into relationship with God, you've not made the decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart, I want to invite you to that place. Perhaps you find yourself feeling like I've done too many things wrong. I've wandered away too many times and, 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 and I'm that prodigal that, that God is just not interested in. You're wrong. You're wrong. He loves you. He's for you. He has a plan and a purpose. You're not an accident. So if that's you this morning and you want to step into relationship, you want to say, God, I need a Savior, I want to invite you to say a prayer with us in a moment. It's not a magical prayer. It's not a, a, you know, a scripted version of what you're supposed to do. It's just a simple prayer. We say it every Sunday, understanding that there are those who would desire to know God in a deeper level. So we're going to say this prayer in a moment. We're all going to say it together because we don't want to embarrass anyone or single you out. We're not going to ask you to come to the front of the church. We're not going to ask you to raise your hand. This is between you and God. But scripture tells us that if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and you believe in your heart that Christ died and was raised from the dead, that you will be saved and that you can receive relationship with Jesus. And so this morning, if that's you, would you say this prayer with us? Church, can we say this together? Father God, please forgive me. I've sinned and I've made a lot of mistakes. I believe your son Jesus Christ came to this earth to show me how to live. And he died and was raised back to life so I could have relationship with you. I ask you today to come into my heart to be the Lord of my life. Change the things in me I cannot change as I commit to live my life for you today. In Jesus' name, amen. We're so grateful you've made the decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart today. If you have made that decision for the first time, we want to hear from you. If you're tuning in online, you can email us at info at albanync.org. We'd love to get some resources into your hands and to partner with you as you start this process. If you're here in person, our prayer team would love to celebrate with you and would love to help you to take the next steps. Um, you could fill out a connection card and drop it in the box out in the lobby. And we would love to have the opportunity to come alongside of you in this new decision to follow Jesus with your whole heart. Church, I'm excited. We have got amazing days ahead of us. I'm telling you what, I might be a rosy, rosy you know, glasses pastor, but every time we come together, every time that God brings us together, I'm getting more and more excited about what he has in store for us as a church, as a community of believers, and as a force in the community of Albany to reach people for the cause of Christ. We got work to do. This is not time for us to take a break and to put it on pause and just say, hey, you know what?
This is God's little retreat time for us. Let's just all kind of kick back and relax. No, there's souls. There are people's, there are people's souls in eternity at, at, at stake. We've got to be about the Lord's business. So I hope you'll join me in that. And as we come into this next week, just a reminder, we have our annual business meeting coming February 21st. Um, it's going to be exciting and riveting. I'm still up in the air as to whether I'm going to wear a, a, a gown and a wig and carry a large gavel, but it'll be amazing. But we do invite you to come and be a part of that. We'll have more information as the date gets closer. This week, church, as we go outside of these doors and as we engage the people with whom God is placing in our path, we say it every week, and it's not just a fancy little phrase, but we have the opportunity to engage people in meaningful relationship and to point them to Jesus. And so as we do that, let's go outside the doors, and this week, let's be sure to be the neighborhood. Have a blessed week. We'll see you next Sunday.